Number 34. Muhammad Afendi Al-Yarahi I never ceased to stand because of your love on a station where minds are bewildered. Abu Hassan Al-Nuri Sheikh Muhammad Afendi Al-Yarahi was a pious imam respected by everyone. He brought out the treasures of knowledge and its delicate code of behavior and rules. His many sayings were a guidebook to the ways of the seekers. From his forehead the light of heavenly knowledge shone forth. He was very brave in the fight against the Russian imperialists in his time. He had true piety and a very pure faith. He was humble towards everyone. He bore the signs of perfection, having put his ego under his control. He encouraged people to follow the Naqshbandi Sufi way and to support it on their tongues and with their actions and in their hearts. He was a garden full of roses from which the bees would gather the nectar and produce the finest honey. People ran to his threshold to attain the happiness of this world and the hereafter. He was a sign of miraculous power in knowing the secrets of the hearts of his followers and in showing them the way to reach the perfect state of divine love. He was a great Sufi, a knower known in all the nations surrounding Dagestan. His fame spread to Turkey, Persia and throughout the countries of the Arab world. His heart was filled with sincerity and a spirit of the greatest ease and purity. He studied the external in addition to the internal knowledge. He was a scholar of the Quran and the traditions. He mastered the science of jurisprudence. He was learned in chemistry, astronomy and logic. He was a reference in every science. He trained his disciples who numbered in the thousands. During the day he taught them military strategy for fighting the Russians. During the nights he taught them spirituality. He rarely slept more than two hours a day. His food was often only water. His clothes consisted of a single woolen robe. He was familiar to all throughout Dagestan. He lived in the time of the infamous tyrant Shah Shawus, governor of Dagestan. He was born in Kural in Shirwan, Caucasia, on Tuesday the 2nd of Dulkida, in the year 1191 Hijra, 1777 current era. He was tall and fair-complexioned. His beard was white and his eyes were green. His voice was soft. From his sayings If the lovers of the one were to speak about their love for him, every lover would die from that description. The seeker does not want anything for himself except what God desires for him. 
He does not need anything from the universe except his Lord. If a seeker says after five days of fasting, I am hungry, he is not fit for our way. Depression in the heart is from three sicknesses, loss of harmony with nature, keeping the customs with which one has been raised that are contrary to the ways of the sunnah, and keeping the company of corrupt people. When the hearts despaired of visualizing the essence of God, he sent them his attributes. They were calmed and quieted, and they were happy. Examining is from the eyes. Witnessing is from the heart. Unveiling is from the secrets of vision. When is God not happy with his servant? It is when his servant becomes annoyed at the length of the gathering of zikr. If his love for God were true, it would be like the blink of an eye. Death denies happiness to the one who is attached to this world. God never elevated anyone who loved money. The love of the believer is a light in his heart. Islam is to surrender your heart to your Lord and not to harm anyone. As a sign of his humbleness he used to say, If someone were to call out in the mosque, let the most corrupted person leave. I would be the first to go. Whoever comes to God with his heart, God will send the hearts of all his servants to him. I see in human beings God's handiwork, but their false idea of themselves makes them blind to this vision. I hear from them an endless zikr praising the Creator, but their ears are deaf to it. Not everyone is able to wear the woolen clothes. To wear the woolen clothes requires purity of the heart. Whoever wears the woolen clothes in humbleness, God will raise him up and shine light on his heart. Whoever wears the woolen clothes in arrogance and pride, God will put him down. From his miracles His custom was to put his disciples in seclusion in stages. He would put the experienced disciples, those who had already undergone many seclusions, in a very intense seclusion in special underground rooms. He accepted both men and women to come to him for advice, and he had both male and female disciples whom he would put in seclusion, each in his or her own separate seclusion. A scholar who was jealous of Sheikh al-Yarahi's fame and wished to destroy his reputation went to the governor of Dakhistan, Shashawus, and claimed that Sheikh al-Yarahi was actually mixing the sexes. The scholar told the governor, That man is destroying the divine law. 
even though Sheikh al-Yurahi was well known in his time for his strictness in maintaining the law and the sunnah. That scholar tried to pressure the governor to put him in jail. The governor sent the sheikh a message with the letter. The sheikh read the letter and then he said to the messenger, Wait, I am sending a gift to the governor on the condition that he does not open it until the day of my appearance before him. He went into his room and came out with a box which he gave to the courier. The governor received the box. He felt fear at the thought of opening it. On the day of the hearing, Muhammad Afendi al-Yurahi arrived with all his followers. When he entered, the governor stood up. The people saw him standing and knew that something had happened, as he was not in the habit of standing for anyone. The sheikh said, Open the box. Shashawus opened the box and he found a letter in it. Under the letter was charcoal, burning intensely. Under the charcoal was a piece of cloth, completely unaffected by the coals. Under the cloth there was gunpowder. The sheikh said, Read the letter. The governor opened the letter and began to read it out loud. To the governor, Although the charge brought against us is untrue, nevertheless we ask, Can the one who is keeping a box full of burning charcoal, which has been lying on gunpowder for one week, at which point the governor began to shake, the sheikh told him, Do not tremble, read on. The governor continued, which has been lying on gunpowder for one week without any harm or explosion, is he not able to keep his disciples, men and women, from exploding with the fire of passion? Muhammad Effendi often predicted the future for his followers, and it always came true. When the blind and handicapped came to him and he prayed for them, they would be healed. If the poor came and he prayed for them, they would become rich. One time a woman brought her son to him. He was four months old. He called the child, and to everybody's astonishment, the child walked to him. He told the child, Recite after me, and he repeated the chapter of sincerity, Quran, Surah 112, after the sheikh. He told him, Recite it by yourself, and the child recited it by himself. The one reporting the incident said, I saw that child thirty years later, and he showed the same great intelligence at that time as he had in front of the sheikh. His Jihad J. F. Baddeley, in his book The Russian Conquest of the Caucasus, distinguishes Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yurahi as the founder of the politico-religious movement which, united for a time in the great struggle for freedom, a majority of the Muslim inhabitants of Dakhistan and Chechnya. But he never took upon himself the actual leadership and is wrongly counted by some as the first imam. While the glittering circle of Russian bayonets closed in on every side, 
Mullah Muhammad al-Yarahi's influence had been growing steadily year by year. Intangible, immaterial, it passed surely and silently through the hedge of bristling steel as a miraged ship through opposing cliffs, or as a moss-bog fire creeps up against the wind. The two forces, material and moral, moving in concentric rings of opposite direction, kept equal pace, and just when, to outward seeming, the last spark of liberty was trampled underfoot in central Dagestan by the soldiers of the Tsar, the sacred flame was ready to burst forth and illuminate the land on every side, even to its outermost borders. Gamer, in Muslim Resistance to the Tsar, Shamil and the Conquest of Sheshnia and Dagestan, says about Sheikh Mohammed Effendi al-Yurahi, The Russian sources claim unanimously that Mohammed al-Yurahi and his disciples preached jihad against the Russians from the very beginning. This would not be surprising. Furthermore, the role of Sufi taifas, and especially of the Naqshbandiya, in jihad movements all over the Muslim world has been emphasized due to the influence of Muhammad al-Yurahi's preaching. The first concern of Muhammad al-Yurahi and his disciples was to establish and enforce the Sharia and eradicate the Adat. O people, you are neither Muslims nor Christians nor pagans. The Prophet said, He is a true Muslim who obeys the Quran and spreads my Sharia. He who acts according to my commandments will stand in heaven higher than all the saints who preceded me. Vow, O people, to stop all your vices and henceforth to stay away from sin. Spend your days and nights in the mosque. Pray to God with zeal. Weep and ask him for forgiveness. Leslie Blanche affirms in her book, Sabres of Paradise, that Sheikh Mohammed Effendi al-Yurahi was the Sheikh of Imam Shamil al-Naqshbandi. During their war against the Russians, he directed him in strategy and tactics, as did Jamaluddin al-Khumuki al-Husseini after him. The first Imam of Dagestan and the first leader of the Jihad against the Russians was Ghazi Muhammad ibn Ismail al-Dagestani, also known as Ghazi Mullah. He took initiation in the Naqshbandi order from Sheikh Jamaluddin al-Khumuki, the Khalif of Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yurahi. Gamar says about him, Sayyid Jamaluddin then took Ghazi Muhammad to his murshid, Sheikh Muhammad al-Yurahi, to complete his instruction in the Sharia. Muhammad Effendi allowed him to spread the tariqat in Dagestan and gave Ghazi Muhammad his own daughter in marriage. Ghazi Muhammad thus became one of Jamaluddin's khalifas and acted very energetically and successfully. Sheikh Abdullah al-Dagestani mentioned that Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yurahi had a vision of Sheikh Ismail al-Shirwani ordering him to carry out, by permission of the Prophet, the jihad against the oppressor. He mentions what Sheikh Muhammad Effendi said about that vision. One time, 
After the prescribed dawn prayer, I lay down for a nap in my mosque. I saw Sheikh Ismail Ashirwani coming to me, accompanied by the Prophet and Salman al-Farsi. Salman al-Farsi said to me, Be to your Sheikh as I was to the Prophet. I was digging the trench for the Battle of Khandak, which saved the emigrants and the helpers from the attack of the unbelievers and the oppressors. He pointed to Sheikh Ismail Ashirwani and said, For a long time, Ismail Ashirwani encouraged you and Khas Muhammad to establish a front against the invader. So now is the time. Then Sheikh Ismail looked at me and said, My son, you now have my permission to go ahead and you will be supported. Declare the Jihad. Gamar mentions this story in the following manner. Inside Dagestan there was now a general movement towards a united stand against the Russians. No less important, Sheikh Mohammed al-Yuraqi moved from tacit to open support of Ghazi Mohammed and in September 1830 declared jihad against the Russians. Sheikh Abdullah said about Sheikh Mohammed Effendi al-Yuraqi's connection to the jihad against the Russians, who were attempting to take control of Dagestan, When Sheikh Mohammed Effendi al-Yuraqi received permission for jihad in that vision, he was ordered to raise the Mujahideen and to support them. One day in his supplication he said, O oh God, as you sent to the Prophet one of the two Omars, Send to me imams for the Mujahideen to train them in the spirituality of the Naqshbandi Sufi way and to support them through the sheikhs of the golden chain, especially the living sheikh of their time. The first imam, Ghazi Muhammad, was martyred in a Russian attack in 1832. He was succeeded by the second imam of Dagestan, Amsabek ibn Ali al-Hutsali. Gamar describes his appointment to the leadership of Dagestan. After the first imam's death, the ulama and dignitaries appointed Hamzabek in his place. The gathering and the appointment of the new imam were the initiative of Sheikh Muhammad al-Yurahi. Muhammad al-Yurahi, understanding well the negative effect of Ghazi Muhammad's death would become stronger with the passage of time, prevented them at the very beginning by the swift appointment of a new imam. About Imam Shamil, 1212-1289 Hijra, 1796-1871 current era, who led the jihad against the Russians as the imam of Dagestan for 25 years, Gamera says, Shamil followed his elder friend, the first imam of Dagestan, Ghazi Muhammad, to be initiated into the Naqshbandiya by Sheikh al-Sayyid Jamaluddin and to be ordained as a khalifa by Sheikh Muhammad al-Yurahi. About his selection to be the third imam of Dagestan, after the assassination of the second imam, Hamza Bek, Kamar says, He summoned a meeting of the ulama and other dignitaries to choose a new imam, 
Indeed, the participants unanimously chose Shamil. In this, they were influenced by the strong support given to Shamil's nomination by Sayyid Shamaladin, the only Murshid in Dakhistan after the death of Muhammad al-Yurahi, no, no less than by Shamil's strong personality. Sheikh Abdullah said about Imam Shamil, The success of Imam Shamil against the oppressor was due to the spiritual support he received from Sheikh Khas Muhammad, Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yurahi, and Sheikh Jamaluddin al-Khumuki through the support of the Prophet. No single force was able to defeat him as long as he was granted that spiritual support. One time, Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yurahi sent a message to Imam Shamil via Sayyid Jamaluddin al-Khumuki. Always keep your connection with us. You will defeat everyone. Otherwise, you will be defeated. Sheikh Muhammad Effendi al-Yurahi died on the 17th of Muharram, a Wednesday, in 1265 Hijra, 1848, current era. He authorized his successor, Sayyid Jamaluddin al-Khumuki al-Husseini, to carry on as the master of the way with the secret he had been given by their common sheikh, Ismail Ashirwani, as he had been ordered.